messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages, where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We are here to talk about TV commercials, good ones and bad ones, and ones where people say weird shit like this. Hey bartender, what'd you learn in school? My name is Andrew Walsh, I'm here with Genevieve Haz. Hello, Veeves. Hi, Andrew. Coming up today, I don't know if you were able to tell from the drop we played at the top of the show, but I think we're going to talk about bartenders. Yeah, bartenders. Why are we doing that again? Uh, it was, I don't know. You had an idea. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just woke up thinking about drinking. <laughs> yeah, right. Just like, how fast can I get to be in front of a bartender? <laughs> I will say this, and I don't know if this is a... I mean, listen, we have a bunch of good, interesting commercials to talk about and share with you, but this is one of those where I was really surprised, and you pointed this out when we were talking about it earlier today, V. It's like, there are so many bartending tropes. Yeah. And... At first, we were like, well, let's try to find commercials that don't involve the sales of beer or liquor, but star bartenders. Right. I thought for sure it would be like a common, uh, you know, kind of like setting or a relationship. I mean, bartenders like famously, you know, are a shoulder to cry Mm -hmm. on or they are sage, have sage wisdom Mm -hmm. to offer. There's so many jokes about, you know, bartender says Mm -hmm. to a blank. Yeah. I did come across one that was sort of based on the old jokes about people walking into a bar, but it was of its time. I saw that Which too. was the 80s or 90s. Yeah, it was a little, little insensitive. A little insensitive, um, yeah. So we skipped that one. But here's the deal. So one thing I want to point out is these were commercials, the ones that I picked, they didn't just have a bartender in them. There are a million commercials with a bartender in them, but the, mainly the bartender stands there and the action or plot is produced by the people around the bartender. Right. I eliminated those because I wanted this to be about like the bartending experience, a focus on the bartender. So that that eliminates a whole bunch right away. And while we have a bunch of commercial, well, first of all, the rule of, of doing non-alcohol, <laughs> that went out the window pretty quickly. Almost all of these are for beer or booze. Um, not all of them, but almost all of them. But even even getting rid of that those kind of strictures, I still struggle to find like examples of the bartender shoulder to cry on slash therapist yeah old west saloon bartender did i find old west commercials that take place in a bar yes but that focus on the bartender no none yeah. of that like all these tropes that i thought would just be coming out of the woodwork i think I it's really a, was an unmined vein of of commercial comedy and pathos but we do have some like i say going through uh, there's one really interesting one from the 60s do you happen to watch the one for jack's beer yet i don't think so good i want to share that with you on the show um and get your live reaction so anyway we will be talking about uh commercials that focus on bartenders plus genevieve i did put a big i don't know if you saw this too i am replacing the usual uh, with love from me to YouTube segment today with Andy's Corner. Yeah, I saw it was an Andy's Corner. I stumbled on this commercial and I put in big highlighted yellow on the script. Genevieve, do not preview this because I found what I think is the randiest 
commercial for candy that I can recall seeing. Well, and I th- I get it. I'm horny for candy all the time. <laughs> I th- I think you're going to I think I don't want to oversell it, but I think you're going to flip over this commercial. <laughs> it is it is interesting. It is legitimately funny, I think. I think it's a good commercial, but also it's like, wow, that's some strong sexual energy coming from this commercial for Butterfinger. I'll play that for you. Um plus, we'll check in with the ad council as we always do. Um, we have a very confusing commercial sent in from Carol, um, and I want to see if it's confusing to you as well, Genevieve. Plus, Josh posted a commercial that I think just dropped, I think yesterday, starring Aubrey Plaza. Okay. I don't know if you caught wind of this. I had not until I, I saw haven't. Josh's note. And um, it's it's pretty good. It's definitely created to go viral. Some claim that a backlash has already started. Oh, of course. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. Taking a bunch of angry commenters and calling that you know online and calling it a backlash it's like well people are people always have something to say i mean yeah like there's (laughs) there's nothing other than paul rudd there's nothing that everybody agrees that we all like yeah um i want to know how many followers if someone if some rando doesn't like something on twitter or wherever i want to know like what's their sphere of influence you know how we say paul rudd is the one thing we can all agree on right i i could be wrong about this maybe i was oversimplifying things but back in the day I said the same thing about a guy who we all dislike now and it makes me worry about the future Uh of Paul Rudd who was that guy um the guy who is in okay here we go the usual suspects in House of Cards Kevin Spacey there was a time when Kevin Spacey was universally beloved let me me be the first finding somebody who disliked him in the like late 90s early 2000s was very difficult let me plant my flag right now and say if Paul Rudd is shown to have committed a bunch of sex crimes I will reverse my position on him Right away. Oh, fair enough. I'll be the first one. I'll be the first in line to say he's not good. But do you think there was a time when what's his butt was as universally beloved as Paul? Well, Rudd? Kevin Spacey was never like Kevin America's Spacey, sweetheart, right. mm-hmm. the way Paul Rudd is. People agreed universally that he was a talented actor, mm-hmm. and I actually don't think that's probably changed. I mean, I you know I'm happy to agree that he's a talented actor who's also a sex pervert uh, and rapist. But like, I don't think that he was loved he wasn't like a he wasn't like a just like a sweetheart who was just like everyone had affection for him everyone admired him yeah it wasn't like a stand-in like Paul Rudd I mean going back to a Super Bowl commercial eight years ago or something I remember yeah that was the joke wasn't it Amy Schumer something like Paul Rudd everybody likes him yeah like Amy Schumer and maybe um probably Seth Rogen I mean I know Seth Rogen's often involved with Paul Rudd Mm -hmm. jokes but yeah um, yeah, like Paul Rudd is great. He he does comedy. He has you know, he's he is famously some sort of weird Peter Pan who never ages. Um, but yeah, like again, show me the show me the receipts on Paul Rudd the sex criminal, and you know I'll I'll cancel him like immediately. But. There's no, we're not making those claims. I'm not making those claims. I'm saying He's, I'm somebody sure he, make those claims. I, I think, no, nobody make those <laughs> No, nobody, claims. nobody make those claims. All right, let's belly up to the bar. Hey, bartender. Hey, man. Hey, bartender. Draw one, two, three more glasses of beer. All right. Why is it that that song is not one shot, one, one, what is it song? One bourbon, one shot, one, one beer. beer. That's Why is it that that's not that song, but also it sounds like that song? 
Yeah, Those I gotta so say, much counting. I, I wasn't so. Uh, let me, uh, you know what? I'll just take you on this goddamn journey because we always like to um, start our show with some sort of song from the '80s. Like that's kind of our thing, right? Yeah. Somewhere between '80 80 and '89. It's just a vibe we try to establish. Yeah. Doesn't apply to our intro music or our exit music. We kind of came on it later, or any of the like little sort of singer <laughs> music <laughs> anything else or anything. That we do, yeah. but we just had that one thing. Um, and when we say 80s music, it's the type of music, ideally, that sounds like some yeah. sort of 80s. It's less important what year it's from and more like what the vibe yeah, is. Yeah, whereas this song I just played for you, we I think like, it was from like, 83 or that version of it. But like, it just sounds like a blues rock song. And that's what ticked me off. Like, whenever we do these commercials about drinking, like, it's always a George Thorogood, yeah. one bourbon, one shot of beer, or he's got another one that about sounds, drinking. Sure, that sounds like identical. Or this one, Hey Bartender, which I think goes a ways back, but this is by Lee Hooker or something. Uh, I, I don't know. This version is from 1983, and the Blues Brothers did it. And I tried so hard to avoid that. I also cue, I was going to start with Red Red Wine by UB40. At least it's the right tone, but yeah. like that doesn't evoke bartender. I mean, I know you can get a wine at the bar, but that's like If you're watching Grand Crew like me, that's yeah, all you get at the bar. Really? It yeah. just didn't seem to evoke a bartender, Red sure. Red Wine. Fair enough. Yeah. And then I went with ACDC's hey, Have a Hey bartender. Isn't that how that song goes? Uh, that is give me someone. <laughs> ah, yes, you're yeah, right. So, I love that. You song. know what? Maybe I did. Maybe that was an <laughs> oversight on my part. <laughs> Do you know that when I think of red red wine, I also think of the rap part where he goes red red wine. You make me so feel so fine. But the version I listened to today didn't have that, and so I went down what? a I went down a little bit, a little mini rabbit hole. Um, and Keeps apparently, me rocking all, all of, of the, the time. time. Here are two things I learned. It's stripped. It was stripped from the UK and US singles for some reason. Why which did, is weird because we I heard it, it on yeah. the radio. Maybe it was just stripped from the UK single. I don't know. Um, also, apparently, a lot of people think it's Bob Marley who's doing those lines. Like people, uh, you're hella racist. When like the first version I found, like the video version, the official like music video did not have that. I'm like, what's going on? So then I started searching by the lyrics of that breakdown part and I would just get these the song on YouTube just with the image of like the famous iconic Bob Marley poster and I was like that doesn't I don't think that's that isn't is that no. and then I went to Wikipedia and it's like Many people often think this is oh, a Bob no. Marley, but it's actually some guy from the band. People are dumb. Anyway, that's how we ended up with Hey Bartender. Hey Bartender. My apologies. Anyways, let's start with the one commercial that you did find. Um, that's not, that, not accurate. Oh, did you find more that are not for any kind oh, of... Oh, sorry. I thought you were accusing me of only finding one ad no, for no, the No, no. The one show. commercial that you found that uh, involves bar pending yeah. but is not for a beer wine this, or alcoholic yeah, beverage. Yeah. This one just cracked me up and maybe this will be lost on the listener because it is sort of a visual joke to me and maybe it's only a visual joke to me. But this is for Marco Rubio's 2015 presidential campaign. Um did he win? He didn't. Mm. And weirdly I'm oddly sad about that now. Um but he's still a piece of shit obviously. Um, Wait, you mean you're sad that he didn't win the primary? I'm sad that Trump was the... Pri I mean, like, I would rather have I suffered see. through four I years see. of Rubio yes. than four years of Trump. I, see. I mean, like, I'm not one of those liberals who's, like, so masochistic that I would rather have, uh, you know, a Trump than, a, like, a competent 
and not super crazy Republican. Although you could make the argument that if Rubio had won in 16, he would still be president now. Yeah, I mean, there's always the what ifs. There's always the like, you know, the alt history. Like if Hitler had been killed as a baby, somebody good at military strategy would have, you know, started World War Two. Like whatever. But like given the Why choice. Why do you always say that he had some good points? <laughs> Why is that? I told you somebody said that to me recently. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like you, you, we will leave the details out, but you met a fellow who yes. was like talking about other things, but then somehow wedged in the yes. conversation that he believed Hitler had some And I'm like, I can't points. get out of this conversation fast enough. And then I later was talking to some other people who had had, you know, interactions with the same person separately from me. And they're like, yeah, some other people said he mentioned that, too. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, he just works that into every He conver- likes to work that into yeah. every conversation. Watch out. Anyway, we're far afield. My apologies That's for right. my japery. Um, japery is the name of the game. Um, where was I? Oh, Rubio. President Rubio. Right. So <laughs> he's he was running for president. And this is one of those, like, I was, you know, I'm the son of a mill worker, right? That famously was John Edwards' whole shenanigan mm, about roll up your sleeves, roll up your sleeves, and I'm the, you know, as the son of a working class man. This whole ad is about how his father was a bartender, and the American dream is to go from one generation to, from a working class job like a bartender to a presidential candidate, mm-hmm. I guess. And in Rubio's defense in this he, case, he's a he, senator. He, he is a senator, but also his family did, is he a first generation American or am I wrong about that? I would, I couldn't tell you for sure. Yeah. I, if I, if I was betting, I would say his parents emigrated from mm-hmm. Cuba. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, that would be my, my guess. I mean, they'd be the right age, mm-hmm. right? Like he'd be the right age to have emigrated around the time of the mm-hmm. revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, this ad is like all these black I'm sure these aren't like really his father this is just like sort of you know stock footage black and white of the kind of bartender from like the like you think of like the 40s mm-hmm. um you know almost sepia tone right these images, yeah it's, like, it's either like black and white or sepia toned yeah. and and it's just like uh, a man in the in the formal white bartender jacket like washing glasses and doing bartender tasks as you hear Marco Rubio like saying the story about like he worked hard. He came, you know, he, he wanted more for us, wanted us to get educated, wanted us to, um, you know, rate rise above. And that's the American dream. And what made me laugh so hard about this was that, like, it really makes me think of the bartender from The Shining, Lloyd, you mm. know, <laughs> like famously, famously, like Jack Torrance goes into the empty, well, supposedly empty ballroom at the Overlook Hotel. And there's a dapper, you know, jacketed uh, bartender who's pretty dead spoiler alert uh who's there to like tell him he's sort of always been there and his Mm -hmm. credit's always good at the overlook bar Mm -hmm. why don't you play this marco rubio campaign ad okay and i do want to mention one thing that i think kind of pops up at the end the kind it sounds like the kind of bartender that his dad was wasn't like at an actual bar where people come in it sounds like he was almost more like a um a caterer caterer, like a party down-esque style bartender because he said he's mentioned something like that at the end of the commercial i remember the sounds of his keys jingling at the front door of our home well past midnight as he returned from another long day at work when i was younger i didn't fully appreciate all he did for us but now i more fully understand you see my father was grateful for the work he had that was not the life he wanted for his children. He wanted all the dreams he once had for himself to come true for us. He wanted all the doors that closed for him to open for me. And so my father stood behind a small portable bar 
in the back of a room for all those years so that I could stand behind this podium in front of this room in this nation. I think that might have been a real photo of his dad near the end. The, the, the photo yeah. is real, but the footage There's of, a bunch of like, the slow-mo yeah. footage of like a of a cut below the head so you can't mm-hmm. see the face of a of a guy coming in late at night describing doing what he's describing, right? Like washing glasses and checking on his kids, uh, you know, late in late at night in their beds and walking through big ballrooms and again it's all sepia toned or black and white so it does just make me think something about the slow-mo footage of these grand ballrooms that seem like from another era just really really evoke the shining for me which mm-hmm. i don't yeah. think is was the intended effect i'm trying to i should have looked this up earlier but i'm on a um uh washington post oh article what a shock it was it was his story tw- was embellished from 2011 marco rubio's compelling family story embellishes facts documents show and it looks like they dug into like some social social security documents to see um it says that uh, he says his father managed equipment for Pop Warner football. He was a bartender and school crossing guard. Um, but I, I'm I'm looking for the part uh, where maybe some of that is maybe slightly embellished. Not that he didn't do those things, but maybe that wasn't his main. Maybe those weren't. I mean, a school crossing guard is that was that? That a, seems a, more humble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who and, knows? Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's stay in the past. That's why he likes those tiny bottles of water because he was used to oh, getting them right. from the from the little portable bar that his dad would bring to that's, fancy banquets. It's the only kind of water he knows. Wait, the joke was he had mini bottles of water. Remember, he did the. This was like. Was he the one who was so nervous doing the? Um, it was like the, the retort, rebuttal. The yeah. rebuttal, and then he was like swallowing really hard. Well, who I don't remember the ins and outs of it but i just remember that after one of the state after one of obama's state of the unions um you know they, the other party always has like someone that they put forward who's like an up-and-coming presumably party leader to give the the party's rebut- rebuttal and it was just was like one of those funny little human i mean this is not something to hate rubio for like he picked up a tiny bottle of water and he took a sort of nervous swig from it yeah and there was something about it that just caught everybody's fancy and made us all laugh he was just giving off like very nervous energy lot, during this of, whole thing touching his mouth and then he stops to sweat. grab some some water yeah i'm kind of rewatching it now um okay so as i was gonna say let's stay in the past v let's actually go back to 1961 this is for a product called Jack's Beer, J-A-X, okay? Okay. And I'm going to tell you all about this commercial, and then afterwards I'm going to share with you some dazzling deets that I learned after I watched it. Um, I'm going to try to recreate my experience with this. So this is an animated commercial, black and white, fine line drawing, almost um, a kind of a little bit arty. It almost reminds me of a... It's a little Rocky and Bullwinkle. A little Rocky and Bullwinkle yeah. meets a New Yorker cartoon, maybe yeah. a little bit. Um and we have a bartender uh, who seems to be a fella with a, a somewhat curly mustache and an older woman with like it looks like she's wearing glasses or her face is kind of scrunched up and she's got her hair in a bun. So representing of kind of a, a, a an older lady of the time. And she comes in and she's kind of got a funny voice and the bartender's got a funny voice and she orders a drink. And as the bartender talks to her and gets her her beer, I'm pretty sure she orders a Jack's beer. She's she's wondering, are you making fun of my voice? He's like, no, 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 this is just the way I talk. And then, and I'll, I'll, I'll set this up, and this is where I'll leave it be, a very attractive younger woman comes into the bar, and she also orders a drink, maybe also a Jack's beer, um, and... 
his voice changes when he serves her. Take a listen to this. Bartender. Bartender, give me a glass of Jack's beer. The beer with the real beer taste. Never heavy, never harsh. It's premium brewed from 100% natural ingredients. Yes, ma'am, coming right up. Bartender. Yes, ma'am. Bartender, are you making fun of me? No, ma'am, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't make fun of you. Then why are you talking that way? I talk this way. I wouldn't make fun of you. Really? Here's your glass of Jack's beer with that real beer taste. Sir? Hmm? Uh, I wonder if I could have a glass of Jack's beer, the mellow, bright, clear, light beer? Yes, ma'am, coming right up. Here it is, a glass of Jack's beer with Jack's real beer taste. So that is the same bartender. You notice his voice changed drastically when he started serving this very attractive younger woman. Bartender. Yes, ma'am. Bartender. I thought you said you weren't making fun of me. You were too making fun of me. I was not. I was not making fun of you. I was making fun of her. (laughs) So the joke being that he was putting on a fake voice for the attractive woman. Um, It's a weird commercial. It is. The sounds of the the bartender and the old lady's voice is like sandpaper on my ears. But you know what? I don't think we've talked about this exact commercial before, but I think we've talked about the people who are starring in this commercial before. Would you be surprised to hear that that is Elaine May and Mike oh, Nichols? Not at all. Didn't we talk about them? Yeah. And I think I learned. Yeah. Because I think of Mike Nichols. Well, they're both famous directors, but they got their start in the early 60s duo. as a comedy duo where they did voices like this. So this was probably characters that they did. They had like a really famous record, I yeah. think. You know, them doing their performance and doing their bits live or right. whatever. With, it, with enough time, I could have guessed that that was Nichols I, and May. See, I wouldn't have. I don't think I, I would have re tamed that well enough but when I read it I was like oh of course yeah. this all is kind of it all kind of fits together now in fact I almost wonder if Elaine May was doing the voice of both of those women she she might have just you know switched yeah. her voice because that's what she did right yeah or, or him or him I assume that he was doing both voices of the bartender Oh, the, oh! I was wondering if the if the female two oh, female voices were both yeah, done I, by Elaine May. I misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah, both voices of the women, but mm-hmm. and both voices of the men, right? Yeah, exactly. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. That's for Jack's beer. Um, when you think about Jack's beer, so that was some you know random beer in 1961 that would be the equivalent of a you know I don't know I guess like a Bud Light, Miller Light, Coors, something like yeah. that. Do you think it tasted a lot different? Do you think if I were to go back to the 60s and to drink just like a that's an a very run of the mill beer, not like I know that things have changed big time with the micro brews, which then and like you and know then just the IP in the uh, micro brew what that changed as far as the mass produced stuff as well. Yeah, like sure, IPAs. but like a, a working man's beer does mm-hmm. it taste different now than it did? Like if you could time travel and just order. You know, like whatever the the beer of that town mm-hmm. was, but it tastes the same. It's an interesting question. I mean, there are plenty of people alive who, in theory, could tell you because they they were there. But like, taste is a funny thing, right? Like, it's hard to record the taste of something and remember it. Yeah. In fact, I mean, something like a Miller High Life probably goes back to that era or close to it, the 70s or something. Yeah. It'd be I wonder if the exact the... brand tastes a lot different. Right. Like have they, you know, they could tell you has the, you know, the beer companies could theoretically tell you if the recipe has changed or if anything about the process has changed. And like 
Almost certainly have. it has the con- because the, just the volume yeah. that they have to produce has, has exactly. changed. And surely that has, has had some impact on taste. Because I'm sure there are much more, there are more, I mean, I know that there are a lot of brewers now, again, when you include all the micro brews and some of the regional stuff, but even a lot of the regional stuff now is all just made by the same huge companies. They yeah. just slap a, a, a Lone Star label on it if it's Texas or a Rainier label on it if it's Seattle. And, yeah. and you know. So you really think it's like the joke, like the Simpsons joke, it's just all coming out of the same big pipe? I'm pretty sure that Rainier and Lone Star are the exact same it's just the exact beer. Same beer. They're definitely made by the same company because right. they both had the little pictograms under the thing. Like, and I remember when the pictogram under the cap, I should say, and when the pictograms went away, I started reading about it, and it was like clear. I think that it's the same company. Like, yeah, they just like they kind of and and it works, you know. Like, I go to a bar, I order a Rainier, I bring a six pack of Rainier home or something. Yeah. Like, I like the I can the I. I, I I can never say this word right. Iconography. Iconography of it. Um, so it, it kind of, and and I do know that like when I was down in Texas, people, my friend Angie who lives there, is like, oh, you got to get, you know, you got to get a Lone Star beer. I think yeah. it's Lone Star, you know. And, and it's then there's fun, like when you go to like, when you go the, to Wrigley Field, yeah. or I'm sorry, not Wrigley, yeah, Wrigley Field in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a particular beer that's like a Chicago beer that mm-hmm. you can get. Um, in Chicago, but specifically, you can also get it at the ballpark. And so, you know, Wrigley's such a such a unique experience. I was there, and I like went out of my way, like walked halfway around the concourse to get um, that particular beer. And you know, it tasted like a you know middle of the road crushable beer. Yeah, and I do think there are some like I think Yingling in um, Pennsylvania is different. I do mm-hmm. think that that is produced themselves. I also think it's produced by a big Trumpster. It right? is. He's yeah. a bad guy, but yeah. the but Yingling I would say tastes measurably different from yeah. these yeah, kind of like very generic crushable beers. Okay, so this next commercial here is part of a campaign that we've talked about a decent amount over the years and this is part of that Modelo beer campaign where they kind of celebrate I think a lot of them celebrate the like the immigrant experience I believe Modelo being yes I love that about Modelo yeah it's a Mexican beer of course Um, and also just like sort of like working class heroes or whatever they'll shine a spotlight on somebody and in this one they shine the spotlight on the hard working bartender and you'll hear some voice over here but I think the uh, the images are very interesting too because they key in on all of the various jobs that bartenders do. They're not just pouring your drinks. They're bouncing at the bar. They're checking IDs. At one point, you see a group of people playing pool, but the pool table is a little bit wobbly. So the bartender is quickly on his hands and knees, sliding some shivs underneath there to steady it shims. out. What is it? Shims. Oh, shims. A what shiv, is a, sh- a shiv. shiv is what you, you, you stab somebody with. Yeah, it's a sharpened toothbrush. Or it's a person from succession. Sure, it's a Siobhan, yeah. Um, I love how the kids on Succession are named Rome, which evokes mm -hmm. like wandering, Uh and Shiv, which evokes stabbing. Oh, that's interesting. Now, isn't Ken doesn't really go anywhere? No, but Khan does. And doesn't um, isn't Logan's middle name? Roman as well isn't Roman named after his dad's middle name? I think name? it's Ro- yeah, I think it's Roman Logan. Anyway, because I mean, you Rome- no, no, Kendall Rogan. It's Kendall Logan Roy, isn't it? 
Oh, is that what it is? Okay. But because um, it's funny because also you have like the fall of Rome, which is what I always think of. Not Rome as to wander, yeah. but Rome as in Roman, which is actually his name. But okay. So this is a Modelo commercial that uh, focuses on the bartender and all, all the different ways your bartender is a hero. And I really, I this is something that I think a lot of us who go to bars think about a lot when you're in a bar that is super, super crowded and you just see a bartender who's working their ass off. It's so impressive. When you and I go to the... Which I guess I haven't been there with you yet this year. There's a bar we often go to after a Mariners game, and it's not right next to the stadium. It's like, I don't know, three-quarters of a mile walk away or something, but it gets really busy after baseball games, yeah. especially on weekends. And I was there with a friend a, a while back, a couple of weeks ago, and um, it, one bartender huge crowd and she is just slaying like yeah. she's not wasting words but she's also not being rude yeah, it's and an she's amazing just taking talent. care of business yeah. and we're all just like Jesus like, a good bartender, bartender is absolutely one of our most precious national commodities <laughs> and I it shows our, our priorities I you stand and I. by it yeah. and also like the amount of I mean like any customer service job is tough and you're going to put up with a absolute mm -hmm. metric ton of shit as a just a matter of your day as a matter of course imagine if you had to put up with that and a lot of those people are very drunk right exactly and one of your jobs is to say no i can't sell you this thing that we sell yeah, here it'd yeah. be like you Cutting know people off yeah like yeah. if you go to tj maxx you have to like it takes a lot for them to say like no we won't sell you yeah. this pantsuit right and and also um is switching taps like there's so much that it's goes so into much. the job. It's a job. physical yeah. job. It's yeah. exhausting, and a really good bartender who can who can do all that and make you feel welcome, or at least not actively despised, yeah. which is honestly how they should feel about all of us, uh, is truly an astounding wonder. And you know who appreciates that? Who the fine folks at Modelo? Oh, You've right. earned this, so hold it up high. You clock in for happy hours and holidays. Late nights and regulars. When others go to play, you go to work. Because you don't just carry kegs, you carry the night. You are a fighter. This is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. I think Mark of a Fighter was what they labeled a whole bunch of these okay. commercials because yeah. you're like, why a bartender fighter? Um, at one point, you see he's, they mentioned regulars. I'm like, why would having regulars be a challenge? But he's like in a busy bar. He's like with half an eye, like playing chess with an old man <laughs> yeah. at the bar while he's serving a bunch I of young like people. I feel like some of our, our locals that we've been regulars mm -hmm. at, that it would not be the weirdest thing. Like, no, not at in all. Fact, John, one, in fact, my one friend, of our he's, bartenders he's a, is a big chess player. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so this next commercial you pointed out that we've talked about this before i have no recollection of that at all but um so we'll talk it about we'll talk about it again here um this is for bullet bourbon i think bullet also makes rye as well they do we um, talked about this we talked about that very fact the other day for oh, some yeah. reason what i didn't know is bullet is spelled b-u-l-l-e-i-t did yes. you know that i did does that mean something else or is that not is to it, me is it maybe a Maybe it's Bullet a in a different language, or it's somebody's name, maybe. I always just thought it meant pew pew. <laughs> but anyway, this is a commercial, and I think it's getting more and more interesting to revisit these things now that we've kind of crawled out the crawled out of the darkest depths of the pandemic. 
this harkens back to the time when everything was shut down. And I don't even mean you could go into a bar and you couldn't sit at the rail. You'd have to sit at tables. Or, I mean, things were just not open. Nothing Remember was open. that? You know, Veeves, can I pause here for a second? I've had something on my mind lately that I haven't had a chance to really kind of express to somebody. And maybe it's not worth expressing. But I'll start with my thesis and then I'll give you an example and then I'll repeat the thesis. Oh, great. I feel like we, as a society, we are, I think, enjoying our reclaimed sort of like, well, I hate to use the word freedom because it's loaded, but like the, the freedom to move about without having to be completely concerned about getting sick all the time. Yeah. The masks have gone away for the most part, not for everybody and not in all circumstances, but there aren't any rules about how many people can be in bars other than your usual capacities and that that type of thing and we're in, I think we enjoy that but I don't think we as a society and I don't know what this would look like have really come to take a pause and really come to grips with what we went through and how fucked up our lives were yeah I don't just mean the shutdown of the economy. I, I think I had this thought for the first time the other day when I think maybe you were slightly under the weather. So you took a covid test that we just had in the closet. Right. And you, mm -hmm. were, you were fine. Um, but I was like, it was not that long ago that you and I would have had to go into our car. Right. And wait in line in our car. Yeah. For about 20 minutes in a converted car wash or service station yeah. for people dressed in scrubs and masks to like stick they're in a, a thing movie way up your nose to stick something way up your nose yeah and it felt very um yeah i mean it was like a plague movie it was like a movie and yeah. again i know we all know that I, I just i feel like i'm stating the obvious but i just sort of feel like we're all waiting for that moment where this would be in the past and now it sort of is in the past yeah. and knock on wood it'll stay in the past um until the next one. Until the next one. But like, you know, there's that. I was talking to somebody over the weekend who I had just met who was a volunteer at our big events center, like outside of our stadiums in, in Seattle, where we had mass um, uh, vaccinations. COVID vaccination. Yeah. There's a huge county run and state run i think but mostly county run that um, experience to me was the most sci-fi like even though it was great news yeah. we were getting vaccinated and i was more than happy to wait in line um and and excited to be there it was surreal because it really did look like every plague movie i've ever seen where a bunch of citizens shuffle into a great big you know repurposed arena mm -hmm. and there's you know for medical care for medical care uh, like and it's you know cots or stations throughout this great big hall and you know for luckily for us it was all for a good reason mm -hmm. but like it evoked something really um dystopic yeah exactly and i know that like okay so there are a lot of people who are listening right now apocalyptic who, even yeah who lost who lost loved ones i mean that's very yeah. real i mean for uh, you know you and i speak from a point of privilege because it, it didn't impact us other than like an inconvenience and then all the other societal stuff that went along with it um and you and i also don't have kids and so i think that you know the the struggles of just like and having, we are having not kids. kids and we're not kids right yeah. exactly but even that stuff is like okay we had to stay home and in various 
ways well to stay home and the and the grocery store shortages were weird and stuff too but like it was just scary it was very scary but also just like we're just like okay i might be sick let's get into a car and have a stranger stick their hands through our window up our nose yeah. and find out in a couple of days if we have a disease that we don't know what it does yet. Like that is just so and by messed the way, up. That was the best case scenario. When I actually yeah. did get COVID, we were in a, a testing um, a shortage at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and we also were in the middle of a blizzard. So I drove around Seattle, oh, yeah. like slipping all over this over the roads, trying to find a place that would give me a GD COVID test. And that was like when at-home tests were really they new were and rare. They were brand new and nobody And so you were one. looking for an on-site yeah. test. Did you ever end up even getting that? Or did yeah, you, you eventually. Got, yeah. Um, anyway. By the I, time I got my results, I was well, but oh, I, that's kn- right, I yeah. knew I had it. Yeah, it was yeah. like, it was very, it was around the time of Omicron. And oh, basically, yeah, yeah. Right. like, if you didn't have Omicron, you were the unusual one. That's why there was such a testing shortage. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I got it. But um, anyway. This commercial for Bullet Bourbon is from that era when shit was shut down completely and people didn't have bars to go to and bartenders didn't have work to go to. And so the whole point of this is um, you see a text on the screen that says right now thousands of bartenders have nowhere to use their skills. And this is pretty funny because you see a um, I think it's a young woman in her apartment and she's just getting a, a bottle of soda out for herself. But she's flipping it all around like the movie cocktail style. <laughs> uh, at one point we see somebody who's just stirring her coffee but she's stirring her coffee with one of those long twisty cocktail stirrers right and she won't stop doing it until her partner reaches over and just like stops her from doing <laughs> that and so you see oh and then another really funny visual here is you see a fella filling up his uh his motorcycle tank with gas but he kind of like pulls the pump out and starts like you know doing that thing as if you're holding a whiskey bottle way above the right, glass a little show off a little show off as he's pouring gas into i thought it was going to get a little zoolander there i was disappointed to see <laughs> that it didn't become a water fight or a gas fight says right now thousands of bartenders have nowhere to use their skills here comes this young woman who's spinning her bottle of izzy or whatever it is around in her kitchen here's a guy filling up his gas tank and his motorcycle which is a fancy move and like the cashier in the gas station sees him doing it yeah frontier fund is making a commitment to help bartenders keep doing what they do best let's keep our bartenders pouring I think that it was just a fund that Bullet and whoever the distillery is there uh, set up so that people, I assume, would just donate. Um, Anyway, uh, that was a journey. Um, Okay, this next commercial is also a bit of a journey. You found this one, Genevieve, and this is I think I got punked, though, now. Well, I don't think punked is the right word. Let's let's actually watch this. It's just over a minute, and the fact that it's not a clean minute also sometimes makes me wonder like what's going on with this there was something at first when i saw this i was like is this one of those well, commercials? It's like a solid 90 seconds oh is it i thought it was a oh it is oh it is okay you're right and also that made me think it was real because usually when uh an ad is like on a 30 second yes. you know yes 30 a 90 second ad is long and probably not something that would air on on television or in a streaming you know context but 90 seconds feels like something that was produced intentionally and somewhat yeah. professionally. Yeah, you are right. For some reason, I thought this was a minute nine. I think I came across some other versions that might have been edited. It's an interesting story, and I think it's an interesting production. One thing, too, is, and this is a little bit confusing, and maybe I shouldn't raise it, but I see that it's, <laughs> um, it says it's like, 
a one one nine point five film. And at first, I thought that that was the production company. It's not. It was actually produced by somebody or directed by somebody named Gary McKendry. I found out. Um, but apparently. 119.5 is the number of seconds it's supposed to take to properly pour a Guinness oh, yes. from the draft. Did you already know that? I didn't know that particular number, but I know it's a point of pride. So I watched when I lived in England for a year as a as a college student, um, I was um, I had some free time on my hands. Let's just put mm-hmm. it that way. Um, I wasn't my, my dance card wasn't 100 percent full. And I bought this like um, movie, like punch card thing. So they the little the campus that I was on had a little movie theater, and they would actually like bring pretty good movies, like sort of second run things. But mm-hmm. you know, most of them I hadn't seen. And if you bought this like thing for twenty pounds, it would like you could go see every movie. You just had to like go and would punch your card. So it was a great deal, right? You yeah. get to go go see like fifteen movies for for like a pound and a pound and a, and change. And but the thing about it is, is like before each movie, they would show these long, the kind of long advertisements and commercials that you see now before movies where they're more like narrative and like they really, really let them breathe and tell a little story. And it can be more like a two minute or 90 second ad. And so I got to know some of these ads extremely well. I remember there was one for Agua de Jo, the the cologne for men. Uh, There was one for Guinness where it was like this old guy swam across some like crazy long like i don't know if it's the channel or whatever but like he he swims across and like he's super old and he gets out and he's like immediately wants a guinness mm, uh, i know gross right god can you imagine um and so i just like got to know these these some of these ads very well and i remember that guinness was like a huge advertiser in this space and they were their ads tended to be very fun and creative and and cinematic and so when we were putting the show together, I thought of Guinness because I was like, I bet you that there's like a great Guinness mm-hmm. bartender ad somewhere. Yeah. And this is a good ad. And again, I don't know if it's a TV commercial or not. I found it. Uh, I, I tracked it down to Gary McKendry's website. Again, he's the director. I can't remember the, the production house that it came out of, but it's not listed under his commercial work. It's like just listed under his content work. And mm-hmm. so this reminds me of something that might have been made for digital, like for web distribution or maybe before certain movies like that type of thing and at the very end the first time I watched this I was confused it says here's to and it scrolls through a whole bunch of things like here's to friends here's to maybe joke telling I don't know since that's the point of this commercial but it ends on here's to solo movie attending (laughs) it ends on here's to waiting and I was like here's to waiting how does that tie into this commercial and then I realized oh that's what the 119.5 films is that was the point of my story one of the Guinness ads was a, a meditation on like they pour half the Guinness and then like the bartender goes and does something like extremely elaborate that takes a lot of time and uh, then comes yeah. back and finishes the pour. I see. Gotcha. And that so was all at Cambridge of... where you saw all of this? I did. <laughs> Cambridge. No. I attended like the UMass of England. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. If you're no offense, some offense to UMass. If you're a Rhodes Scholar, that's uh-huh. a specific program. Is that in? Is that a Cambridge or no? That's a, it's. It's not a. It's the one, school it's, is not Rhodes. No, no, it's, it's like a, maybe it's a, a, it's a, a scholarship, and I believe it is offered by. 
Is it Cambridge? It's either Oxford or Cambridge. Oh, that's right. It's a scholarship, not a program. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a, it's both. It's like okay. you're a Rhodes Scholar. I don't... This is like highly apocryphal this based is two on my Rhodes, experience. These are two Ro- yeah. non-Rhodes Scholars yeah. talking about... Rhodes Scholar is my go-to for like when I want to say somebody's not smart. I'll be uh-huh. like, it's not like they're... You know, I don't... Instead of saying like... You can say like, it's not like they're in Mensa. Or right. I usually say like, we're not talking about a Rhodes Scholar here. Right. Um. So I only know about it in the in the abstract negative, right? Like I right. can tell you who's not a Rhodes Scholar, right. which is pretty much all of y'all. Yeah, well, all, yeah. <laughs> okay, by the way, if we have any Rhodes Scholar club, listeners yeah. on this, on this, we're listening. If you're if you're within the sound of my voice and you're a Rhodes Scholar, get at me. That's a really good question. I, I mean, do you think we've ever had anybody who's set ears on this podcast who's a Rhodes Scholar. I feel like that's very rare air. It's pretty rare air. Um, in college, and I went to a fancy college where there's a lot of nerds, um, we had one person in the four years that I was there who got something that is related to the Rhodes Scholar, but it was like the B-team Rhodes Scholarship. It mm. had a different name. It, I forget what what the like scholarship was, but it was like, I, asked, I remember asking her about it. I knew her fairly well, and I remember asking her about it. She's like, yeah, I'm part of the Rhodes program, but like we have certain fewer privileges than the actual oh, Rhodes scholars. All right, so let me let me play this commercial for you, um, or for the listeners, I should say. Um, it's called Ship, uh, and it is it takes place in a bar. You have a bartender, and while he's pouring a couple of Guinnesses for his two customers, he tells them a sort of involved joke. Now, it's Oxford, by the way, that does. Oh, it's Oxford, of course it is, right. And he's got, um, you know, there, there's pretty, I don't know if heavy is accurate or not, but there's some Irish brogue going on here. So if you don't hear every single word, don't worry about it. I think it'll all make sense at the end. While he's telling the joke, we do start to see sort of a, a recreation um, there's a conversation between the captain of a large vessel with a uh, with somebody else, and so you, as the bartender's telling the joke, I think it's a, is it drunk history esque where we only hear the bartender's voice. And yes, then... I've always had this dream that I'm going to do a show where this technique is used, mm-hmm. where somebody tells a story and we hear the the dialogue of the person that they're describing in their voice. Yeah, and I came across a couple of those yeah. today that didn't end up making the cut. But okay, take a listen to this. It's called Dirty Old Night. How's the day going, all right? Busy. First time I've come up for air all day. Well, then you didn't hear what happened off the west coast of Ireland. What happened? It's a dirty old night. You can't see your hand in front of your face. So you got this big British destroyer. Spot something on the radar. So you got the captain saying, please divert your course 15 degrees north to avoid collision. So the lad says, negative. You'll have to divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. Hold on. So Ireland has a navy? Anyway, the English captain isn't having any of this. I'm not having this. Was the guy who said, hold on, Ireland has a navy, is he American? He's an American. That's he's American. Vi- he's like, vi- he's yeah. visiting or something. And the bartender just kind of shakes his head and rolls his eyes. And now anyway. we switch to an English accent. So we, we give the care, all the actors in this story that he's telling their own that these actors are doing their own voicing now. Because we got to get a posh accent for this British twat. Yeah. <laughs> so Ireland has a navy? Anyway. The English captain isn't having any of this. I'm not having this. This is the captain of Her Majesty's ship Dauntless. I say again, divert your course. Negative. I say again, you'll have to divert your course. 15 degrees to the south. This is a Type 45 guided missile destroyer. displacing 8,800 
I demand that you change your course 15 degrees to the north, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of this warship. You're a call. We're a lighthouse. So the Irish guy who's in like the yellow... Um, uh, rain jacket, the rain slicker, well, who we've been assuming is at the helm of some small boat, is indeed actually just manning a lighthouse. Yeah. And so, who is the joke upon but the pompous British, British captain. captain? And so, I think we're going to go back to the bar here as they wrap this up. Lads, <laughs> you couldn't make it up. It takes one. It takes 119.5 seconds to pour a Guinness, it says. So the point is... He that's tells this long joke. ...joke while he's slowly pouring these beers. And then it says, here's to waiting. And this is labeled as a Guinness film, for whatever that's worth. So well, I um, enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I think it was worth talking about, for I don't sure. know if it was ever aired to, in order to sell Guinness, but uh, I liked it. It was so and funny. And as, as a famously Anglophobe, uh, I always <laughs> enjoy a good pot shot at the British. Taking the piss. Taking the piss, exactly. Um, in, uh, I wasn't playing that off of YouTube, but it's also on YouTube. Just some rando posted it. And uh, as I was trying to like kind of unspool the origins of this thing. And um, it was funny to read the YouTube, you know, the somewhat unhinged YouTube comments below. You got the, you got the impression that there was a bunch of like cranky old men who were just kind of like, well, it says at the end you couldn't make this stuff up, but they did make it's it up. It's clearly it's, made up. It's well documented that this, and like somebody was like, somebody's like, well, I've always heard this with an American ship. And it's like, yeah, but that wouldn't make sense for a Guinness commercial. And then somebody like, yeah, else Yeah, it's was just like, a fucking joke. But somebody said that somebody, I don't know if it was the US or British Navy actually had to, at some point, released something saying, this is not true. It's just an urban legend. I'm just like, guys, it's not everybody an, it's calm It's not down. an urban legend. Although it might have been, it, an, it might a, have started as an urban legend. It it's is, not presented as one okay, here. Okay, but it's a, it's just a stemwinder joke. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's presented here. I mean, yeah. it could have started as an urban legend. I mean, there's a fine line, right, between like telling tall tales to get somebody's goat and... I guess so. I mean, this is like... This has this is just like a well constructed like long, you know, joke. You know, I now that we're I, li I like the character, I like the acting of the people, the characters in the joke. Yeah, me too. And I it took there's the more I watch it, I was like, oh yeah, that guy's American. I was kind of picking up on other things. And what a dumb American question! Wait, hold on, they have a they have a navy. Ireland has a navy, and it's kind of like the bartender has this look that immediately, and you realize later it's like. No, we don't. Wait, for, you're both ruining my joke, and yeah. also you're just kind of an idiot here. Yeah, just... I'm telling a joke. And, and the bartender does a really good job with that quick look. Yes. You know. Um, anyway, I was gonna say like now we have a button. We're running kind of long here, and I'm now I'm starting to think like, do we need to talk about this Labatt Blue commercial I threw in here? Well, you better leave room for my Jim Beam story because I'm definitely gonna tell. Oh, that. okay, that sounds good. Well, I'll tell you what. There's a Labatt. A Lablat. I always say Lablat. A Labat Blue commercial where um, there is uh, there are two people competing for the job of bartender. Oh, we could have done this for our bear show. <laughs> I don't think that this is how you get a job at a bar. But uh, one of the candidates is a bear. The other one is a human. The owner of the bar says, okay, we're going to see who's got the skills that pay the bills. It doesn't say that exactly, um, but it's implied. Um, and then the, the human goes first, and he spilling things all over the place and it's a huge mess and then uh, an attractive young woman comes up to the bear and just says I'll have a Labatt Blue 
that's a nice, clean, easy serve for the bear. But then yeah. she, this is where the commercial gets weird. She kind of gives him a come hither look. Okay. The bear. Right. The hot lady does. Sure. And, uh, you know, it gets weird. All right, it's between you guys. Best bartender gets the job. After you. <laughs> Good physical comedy. Yeah. Please. I've got this one. <laughs> so this is where we learn that the bear talks. I think this is part of a campaign, by the way. I think this bear was in a lot of Labatt okay. commercials. This, by the way, is giving me strong Chris Farley and the Chippendales <laughs> yeah, uh, tryout energy. The, he's definitely doing kind of a cocktail, again, the movie cocktail yeah. kind of thing, but he's just like splashing things all over. Bottles are flying around the bar. This woman just wants a beer. Oh, please. I've got this one. <laughs> Canada's finest. So she kind of gives the she's like thanks she gives you the bear a look. You overstated the the, the come wait hither. for it. Wait for she it. gives okay. a look that she gives the bear a look like they're oh, fucking like, at the end of this kind of. And then then the owner of the bar we get a shot of him like kind of reacting to this look between this woman and this bear. Now we're gonna get a quick pitch for Labatt Blue, and then we're gonna see a table I think of of three young good looking women. I can't remember if if this woman is one of them. Look up, see blue, Labatt Blue. Is it hot in here or is it just him? So then these other two hotties say, is it hot in here or is it just him? So I do not think that I was overselling the sexualization. No, I guess you weren't. Labatt Blue, the bestiality beer. <laughs> That's what they should have said. Yeah. I'll, I'll try to keep mine short here. Here's another one. I said that I was really trying to focus on the bartender. By the way, why does it say bartender on this sheet that I'm looking at? Why does it? Why doesn't it? Oh, why didn't I take advantage of that joke? The obvious portmanteau. Um, I am just, I'm just doing my job just here. trying to get through the day just trying to get through my day so <laughs> even though i told you i really wanted these not just to be bar commercials where there happens to be a bartender but actual bartender focus i believe that even though you never see the bartender in this 1984 stroh's beer commercial mm -hmm. the focus is on the bartender you see three fellas they belly up to the relatively crowded bar and the artists uh, and the bartenders that you don't see exactly it's the bartenders you don't meet along the way and uh, one of them says and by the way keep in mind the year is 1984 cheers was probably pretty big in 84 right yes when did that start 82 83 uh, that would be near my... the beginning i mean yeah i mean it was early 80s um if by 84 cheers had to be a huge pretty big concern, right yeah and so one of these fellas one of these patrons says this bartender's an ex-ball player and while they're talking beers are sliding down the bar in that classic bartender move of sliding a beer down the bar we don't see the bartender who's whipping them but first three beers stop in front of our heroes then another one comes by and it kind of swerves out of the way of the other ones and he's like that's a curveball etc etc as these beers come down next big league pitcher Loves to serve fire brewed strobes. See what I mean? That was his fastball. That was the curve. <laughs> Look out. Wild pitch. That was a beer that came like uh, dangerously close to spilling on them. Kind of waddled down the bar. And then finally, at the very end, a pitcher of beer goes sliding down the bar in the opposite direction. What was that? Relief pitcher. From one beer lover to another's Io. 
I um, like that jingle, by the way. Um, I don't understand, and I'm probably overthinking it. I don't understand why the, so you get a relief pitcher, the pitcher goes, but why does the pitcher have to go the opposite direction? Because it's relieving the pitcher. It's going back to the bartender. It's going, oh, but but it was full though. It wasn't empty, was it? But I mean, it's going there to help to relieve him, the pitcher oh, who's currently the bartender who's currently pitching. But all of that to say, yes, that was like the this this the, the, the Sam Malone shaped hole in that commercial was palpable. Which is probably why they did not show the bartender at all yes. because they're saying it's yeah, a, we're, an ex big league. We're pitcher. meant to think yeah. of Sam Malone, and and those were kind of cheers like jokes in a certain way. Not I could like see that. not the same quality, but. The everything about that was cheers like I agree like the the whole the whole steez of it. All right, what's going on with this Jack Daniels commercial that you're so hot about? Um, well, let's actually. Oh yeah, Jack. Da- well, I want to talk about Jim Beam, but first I want to talk oh, about Jack I got Daniels. Those confused. Okay. Yeah, well, many people do. Um, but this one is actually very timely because that one that commercial was all about the 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 trope of sliding the beer down the. You know, down the bar, mm-hmm. which I has anyone ever done that to oh, you? Yeah. You've received a, a drink that way. You didn't. Colin used to do that to me all the time at Teddy's. Colin loved being a bartender at Teddy's. Uh-huh. Teddy's is just like a very neighborhoody bar that and we used to go to all the time. And what would he slide a shot glass? Um, well, usually my Miller Lite. A Miller Lite. I'd Light. order a Miller, a bottle of Miller Lite. And he could and slide it right to you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He loved doing it. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah. I think that's cool. Can't you see that very much being a thing that totally. Colin would be yeah, into? Yeah, Colin's yeah. Colin's kind of like the art of the bartender. Sure. Yeah. Um, but not like pompous mixologist guy although he did love the drinks that he would make like didn't wasn't he one time yes they do have like certain kinds of like again it's a very casual neighborhood bar but they do have some drinks they make with fresh juice yes off of a a menu and we have you and i never got those i sometimes did but we got one time we were like kind of talking to ourselves about it and he's like let me make you one right he overheard us i think he said let me make you one of my my old-fashioned right was it old-fashioned or my tie no i think i think it was the old-fashioned but Um, then we never we never said oh yeah this is good and like the next time we came into the bar he's like listen i don't mean to be that guy but you never really said how you liked the drink i made for you (laughs) was it the next time we came in or just like much later that night he's like listen i i'm sorry but can you please give me some reaction to right. the special drink that I made? Yes, you? <laughs> he definitely did do that, um, which makes him sound more precious than he was. He's than he no, is. He's, he's a just, great guy. I think he just takes pride in his work. Yeah. Anyway, so this Jack Daniels ad, I used to see this. It used to be in heavy rotation. It's not all about bartending. It's uh, it's although it is of course for Jack Daniels, but it it opens with a bartender. Uh, a woman, and I just note that because most of the bartenders we see in this um, in these commercials tend to be men. Um, but this is a, a black woman, and she we open with her sliding a glass uh, down the bar to a customer who catches it in his hand. And we cut back to her, and she's saying, I always wanted to do that. And it kind of starts off this um, this montage of people who start doing things that they've always wanted to do. So oh, okay. we've got like... Um, there's a couple versions of this. I think this is one where we have a a guy at a party try to like uh you know like wicket, 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 with a like a letter like a like a record you know he tries oh, to spinning? he tries to like oh he's scratching scratching, he's scratching on a at a at a party and everyone's kind of like dude what are you mm. doing uh, we see a young woman with her friend at a fancy restaurant and she says we'll have one of everything on the dessert menu and after they do these sort of like wild actions you know moderately wild actions they say i've always wanted to do that when finally we come back to the bar where the bartender has slid the drink down the down the bar 
and the guy she slid the drink to is inspired to do something he's always wanted to do. And he stands up in front of this very full bar and says, the next round's on me because he's always wanted to do that. And everybody turns around and claps. And my brother was the one who pointed this out to me. My brother is a bartender. Um, and my brother said, there's one part of this that drives him crazy, which let's play it and watch it. And then I'll tell you what drives him crazy. I've always wanted to do that. Wow, the sound this mix on terrible. this is terrible. You can't tell what they're saying. They have that terrible music blasting. And it's it just says make it count at the end. Count. What bothers me is the terrible sound I mix. I know you can't hear it. any of the dialogue, but I, I think I walked us through it. So anyway, I would never have noticed this, but this is just one thing that, you know, something gets stuck in your craw and then you can never unsee it, right? Uh, my brother Zachary said, there's one element of that commercial that I hate for irrational reasons. After the drink slides, uh, everybody in the bar cheers. This is at the very end. Everyone at the bar cheers. And I swear there's one woman who turns around to, che- to cheer and she makes the simplest maneuver look painfully premeditated and forced and it distracts me every time. So if you go back to the scene where the guy who gets the bar like raises it up to the, to the group, to mm. the bar. And this one doesn't have the version where he says, next round's on me. Yeah, I was going to say, I totally missed that. This is, they also just zip through this. The pacing on this is, yeah, it must be an edit. I, I think it's an edit. There's a version where it's a little bit, it's allowed to breathe, and I don't know why I didn't find that one. Anyway, at the very end there, you see this woman in the white blouse. Yeah. Who's right under the C in the make it count. Mm-hmm. She's facing, she's fully facing the camera when this, when the shot starts. And then when he raises his glass, everybody in the bar turns around and cheers as him. And she has to do a full 180 to cheers him. And it didn't really jump out to me, but it's just one of those things where like the blocking was bad. And so she has to make this awkward 180 turn to lift her glass to the guy at the and bar. And it seems like she goes from totally not even knowing right. what's going on to suddenly cheersing because everybody else is. Exactly. And her timing, like she should be in a normal bar or in a real in real life, she would be a beat late because mm-hmm. she would only have seen this happening around her. Yeah. But because her back is to the action, but because it's a script and it's a movie, she is in sync with everybody. And I think that's what gives it a slightly awkward like feel yeah. to it yeah i mean i kind of see what y'all are talking about when i look closely at it but it, maybe it stands out more in, in the longer version of that commercial it didn't really stand out to me yeah. even like I, I zachary had to point it out to me but i get what he's saying yeah all right now we got to talk about this bigot yeah kid rock. kid rock yeah so obviously he is human garbage just get that out of the way um so in 2013 Jim Beam and Kid Rock partnered up to do a contest for some tour he was doing where if you won the contest with an essay, um, it was an essay contest, which I love it. It's like for, so, for it's so Kid third, Rock. It's so third grade, right? So you you send in an essay and you get to if you win, you get to be his bartender and go on tour with him and basically just like hang out backstage and you, you know, mix him a couple of drinks. I guess, like, performatively or whatever. Do you think Kid Rock knows how to spell the word essay? Real question. Do you (laughs) think that he could just spell that without I'll tell you what. I actually don't think Kid Rock's problem is that he's dumb. I don't think he's smart. Oh, I think he's smart. Hmm. I think he is probably incurious. Do you think he's a good writer? Certainly a bad person. Do you think he's a good judge of essays? And I don't think he judged these essays himself. Mm -hmm. No, I think he he had nothing to do with that. Um 
but I don't think that he's stupid. I actually think that that's giving him too much credit in a weird way. Mm -hmm. Like he's perfectly accountable for all of the terrible things he does. Um, so why don't you play this? This is Kid Rock uh, talking to the camera, standing in front of um, a Jim Beam trained bartender who's going to teach you, the winner of this contest, to be an amazing bartender. Hey Are you looking for your next big career move? This summer, I'm looking for someone to be my personal bartender for part of my Best Night Ever tour. I'm here with my favorite bourbon whiskey, Jim Beam, to announce a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to compete for a chance to work with yours truly by entering Jim Beam's Mix for Kid Rock contest. Get this, you don't have to have any bartending experience. The grand prize winner will be trained by Beam's mixologist, Bobby G, this guy back here, awarded a whopping $10,000, and then we'll hit the road. Plus, you'll have some epic experiences and a one-of-a-kind story straight from this tour. So, are you right for the job and ready to make history with me? Tell us why you deserve the chance and visit jimbeam.com for more details. Hope to have you behind my bar this summer. Cheers. By the way, I think that's a green screen. I do not think he's oh, in the same room with that bartender. I will say that they definitely spared every expense. <laughs> I think you're right. That might be a green screen. Yeah, it might be. I just think that's this very flat lighting that it's, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with the green screen, Maybe you're right. but um, it's definitely like really bad lighting and just cheap looking. Well, as you know, I'm obsessed with the idea that who are the people who win these contests, mm -hmm. right? And so I looked this one up. I was like, enough, there's enough information about this one. And it's like sort of, it's not just like, did somebody win a sweepstakes or a trip to Paris or something? Like, it's pretty specific. And it might even be newsworthy. In fact, it was. Um, I found this headline in the Tampa Bay newspaper. I can't tell which one, what it is here. Tampa Bay Courier. Um, and... The, the headline here is let's Tampa see, Bay Times. Tampa Bay Times, excuse me. Um, Sarasota Comic wins contest to be Kid Rock's personal bartender. This article is written by Jay Cridlin. I like Jay Cridlin. Jay Cridlin's got a, a way with words here. I also like the fact that when they, um, whoever wrote the headline, did put personal bartender in quotes. In quotes. Which is, yeah. which you editorially and journalistically do need to do there because he's not his personal no, bartender. No, it's a, it's a, they definitely yeah. need scare quotes there for sure. Um, so this is by Jay Cridlin. It opens, Lauren Sletton is probably not the first man to have his faith in humanity restored by Jim Beam or Kid Rock for that matter. This summer, Sletton, a 32-year-old golf course construction worker from Sarasota, won a nationwide contest to serve as Kid Rock's personal bartender on end his, quotes. end quotes, in his current $20 best night ever tour. In reality, that meant he got to shake up a few cocktails for Rock and some fans before a handful of shows. <laughs> but for Slutton, a longtime Kid Rock fan, that was more than enough of a prize. Slutton is not a bartender, but he does play a little music in his spare time. He is a stand-up comic. I looked, and I could not find any of mm. his stand-up comedy, who uses a ukulele in his act. Mm. He entered the contest this spring, submitting an essay about his love of Kid Rock and Jim Beam and how they both represent versions of the American dream. The bourbon company was founded by immigrants in the 1700s, and the rowdy rock rapper came from nothing and made something of himself. Um, he was working on the 18th fairway of a golf course in Jupiter, Florida, when he got the news. He'd beaten out 9,500 other competitors for the gig. Do we know if... 10,000 people applied for this shit. Do we ever get to hear the essay or read the, read the essay? I didn't find anything from the essay, Sally. Well, I mean, there's this part of the rock rapper came from nothing and made something of himself. So that's mm. the only a, a quote from the essay. 
I'm on Lauren Sletton's Instagram page. Yes, I page found his Instagram right page. Now. He also has a picture with Dane Cook. A lot of pictures of meat and that he's long proud horn of, steers. But no. Um, There's but Dane I mean, Cook. Oh, okay. He's met Dane Cook. But that just is like, and looks he keeps, like he's. Yeah, scroll down. But his, his main uh, avatar is him and um, Kid Rock. And also it's in his Instagram bio. Yeah. Um, but I but no. You would think that if you were a stand up comedian, I mean, this Ooh, is that's where. That's a Chanterelle. Oh, that's a fancy mushroom. Yeah. yeah. So he's a big outdoorsman, looks like a hunter. Um, and But you would just think if you were really a comedian, you would be using Instagram to, I mean, I follow a lot of comedians on Instagram. So that seems like a little bit of a stretch. There's also a photo of him. Or maybe that was a not a chanterelle, but a, uh, oh, a uh, whatchamacallit. Either way, it's in Last of Us, I believe. Yeah, it does look like they were in the last of us. Um, no, what's the thing that the truffles? Oh, maybe it was a truffle. All right, I'm going to move off of that bec- uh, page because I was getting sucked into it and it wasn't offering us any useful information. Anyway, good job, Lauren Slutton. I mean, I guess. I mean, he seems to. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, I, anyone who's going to get this is somebody who wanted it in the first place. It's not like they are going to knock on my door and be like, guess what? We've tapped you, Genevieve, who hates this guy, to be yeah, his I personal know. bartender. I know, but you lay down with dogs, V. <laughs> I do. Do you know that Flea has a podcast that is apparently advertised heavily on Too Beautiful to Live? Uh, I know this because one of our... How are you just now finding this out? I don't listen to the show. And um, <laughs> I don't know what they're inserting in there, but one of our more famous listeners, I will say, was blowing up me and Luke's phone, being like, have you heard this? Have you heard this <laughs> flea commercial for his podcast? Like, why is it edited and all chopped up and oh weird or whatever? And I can't remember what the podcast is called, but it's something relatively unmemorable. Non-memorable, immemorable. And, and when your name is Flea, there's like a million great names. That's for your why podcast. I said, and it's like, you know, what? What are all these podcasts? But him talking with all of his friends or his whatever. Famous friends, yeah. I just feel like if my name were Flea and I had a podcast where I was talking to a bunch of different people, I would call it "You Lay Down with Dogs" or "Laying Down with Dogs" or something like that. No, I mean, I think we can workshop that. But like, there's <laughs> definitely a better name than whatever it is called, which I guess is just Flea's Here, podcast. Let's just look, his Flea's podcast where he talks to his friend now i'm going to type in flea podcast i'm going to get all these um this little light is what it's called Boo. i'm sure there's some reason for that um ironically i've been served a lot of ads for little lights on my instagram lately but we don't have to get into that um okay we got to wrap up this segment so that we can move on to um oh that's right i have a candy commercial to play for you that i'm very excited about yeah, the horny candy uh, the, commercial. <laughs> uh, but anyway i did come across a lot of commercials for bartending schools. Most of them did not make the cuts, but there is a some sort of a national bartending school that has locations in cities around the U.S. And according to the comments I was reading on YouTube, these commercials have been running in some form or another for a really long time yeah. in a lot of different locales. And I... I got to give the jingle credit. In fact, I, it is a good jingle. I want to throw it out there. I know we do this sometimes. If anybody wants to call our jingle line, yeah. what is the phone number again? Uh, you know 607-444-5597. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, I, you know, I don't want to give people assignments, but this could be a winning jingle for somebody to sing for us. Hey, bartender, what'd you learn in school? I learned a red snapper, kamikaze, long island ice tea, black Russian fuzzy navel, and a sex on the beach. What do you think about the... This is like a real it takes orgasm a sound behind <laughs> Sex on the Beach. Did you <laughs> notice that? No, now I do. Listen again. I learned a red snapper, kamikaze, long island iced tea, black Russian fuzzy navel, and a sex on the Ew. beach. I read a 
Have fun and meet people bartending at your favorite bars. This is more good audio. What were you going to say before? Oh, just that like there's a lot of horniness this week in the commercials. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, the the sex on the beach. And here is one that you and I both found. This was a, a regional one for the same company, but this one was in Florida somewhere. Hey, bartender, what'd you learn in school? I learned a red snapper, kamikaze, Long Island iced tea, black Russian fuzzy nipple, and the sex on the beach. Margarita, Bloody Mary, slow gin fizz. Learn to make them all on the rocks with a twist. That's a school to attend, and I highly recommend you call one eight hundred. That one was, didn't have a panting, moaning sound no, behind didn't. the sex on he, the beach. He put more of just a wink in his voice yeah. in that country version. This is in Tampa, by the way. Is this? Does this seem to reflect your time in bartending school? What was that, 20 years ago? That well, you the that? scene where the people are looking up at a what is obviously a movie and pr- looking pretty bored um, <laughs> yeah, is very consistent with my experience. Yeah, basically... We watched a lot of like, you know, like how to, what will happen to if you overserve. You might recognize me from such <laughs> yeah, I was gonna from say. such intersectional videos as Johnny drank too much and he died. Your description of that really did give me driving instructor yeah, big vibes. I mean, yeah. it was a lot. I mean, it was practically like, the same. Can we just get to the part where we make the drink? We actually did do a lot of drink making. I mean, they had all these colored waters that you would use to like brown water was, you know, bourbon and whiskey and all that stuff. Um, it was very fun. And we learned a few of the like you see one trick drink pour where they put a bunch of glasses together and then pour them out so that they like fill up multiple mm-hmm. glasses at a yeah, time. Yeah, they, they stacked shakers it looks like. Yeah, once they taught us like the recipes for those kinds of like commonplace cocktails like the ones that they listed, the bartender teacher would have would usually do some kind of fun fun trick like that and teach us how to do it. It was a, like honestly like I've never really used it professionally. I mean I've like bartended at like a, a catered event or something here and there but it was honestly, I don't regret the money that I spent getting the getting my little license and doing the classes because it did teach me a little bit more. Like I know I'm a little more comfortable with like how what drinks are made of and like. Can you make a gin and tonic? Everyone can make a gin and tonic, but like I can, you know, I can make a proper old fashioned or, um, you know, uh, a Long Island iced tea or something like that. Um, and it was just an enjoyable you know, scare videos aside, it was an enjoyable way to spend a week. All right. Like I mentioned, we are going to be skipping the with love from me to YouTube segment today so we can bring you a special edition of Andy's Corner. And now a few minutes with Andy. Old man, look at my life. I consider myself to be an absolutely dead center, normal, average American. My opinion that a great many women have one thing in common. They spend too much time and money fooling around with their hair. I don't use foul language, and I don't like to hear anyone else use it either. It's a fancy bottle. I bet that bottle costs more than the water. When does a rainforest lose its virginity anyway? Yeah, my voice sounds very different in those clips, I feel like. I don't know. Um, So I don't know how I ended up on this commercial today in all of my searching, but I ended up finding this commercial for Butterfinger. And let me set this up for you. So there's a couple, right? And they're in a therapist's office. They're clearly in there for some sort of like a couples counseling. And the fella is dressed all in beige, almost kind of Barry Manilow-esque with a turtleneck and then a, like a soft blazer over top of that. He, everything he's wearing is kind of a, a mid-beige color, and it literally says peanut butter on his on his turtleneck shirt. He's sitting next to his partner, who's 
kind of an attractive woman who's wearing a darker outfit, but again, all kind of monochrome, like uh, a dark turtleneck with a, a skirt and dark tights. And she sure her shirt literally says chocolate on it. So this is peanut butter and chocolate. Hey, it's a great pair, right? But you can tell that the fella is way still into what a great pair they make, where the woman is very over it. And it doesn't come across in the audio quite as well, but she's just like, her face just looks exhausted. At one point, he calls himself like, butt nut and choco or something and she's just like no please just like don't do that it's just like he's very into the relationship she's kind of over it but the therapist might have a solution that he'd like to offer so tell me about your relationship well we're perfect peanut together. butter and chocolate nut butt and choco don't do that he says when something's good why change it exactly exactly <laughs> what if you were to try something different so right as the therapist says that from behind his chair jumps a much more casually dressed fella. He's actually wearing sort of like a almost like a tracksuit, like a starter jacket that's all yellow and blue, the Butterfinger colors, and it says Butterfinger on it. And he's kind of got a mussed up red hair. And he's, he's got just, a wild man energy. He's got him. wild man energy. And he yeah. comes jumping up and he jumps onto the couch between them. And he immediately like kind of pulls the woman onto his lap and she's loving it. They're giggling. The husband is clearly a little bit like, uh, what's what's going on here? But he's trying to be game for it as he's being somewhat cuckolded uh, on the couch. <laughs> yes, it's Mr. Butterfinger. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Mr. Butterfinger even does like a fake butt slap. He doesn't quite smack her butt, but he kind of, he definitely gestures in that way. She's loving she it. She is big time loving At it. At one point yeah. we see a close-up. She's, she's ready to leave Peanut Butter uh, husband and go off with Butterfinger. This I, uh, this made me think of the a uh, couple of commercials we've talked about. The, sl the Slingers commercial yeah. and also the commercial where... I can't remember if it's for Snickers or something, but there's a couple at a party. Or there's two couples playing a board game or something. Oh, after yes. And dinner, they, they and offer they say, to do swap. You, do you want to swap it up? And clearly the one woman thinks they mean partner swap. Yes. Where they're just talking about the game. And, and the and the husband's just like, wait, what's going on? Uh, I'm sorry. What are we doing here? <laughs> it's a whole new way to love peanut butter and chocolate. Smooth and crunchy Butterfinger peanut butter cups. Oh man! <laughs> Let's go the other way. Oh, I'm good. And yes, then, good so the husband, the husband tries to get get be game, be yeah. GGG, and he uh, he says, "Let's go the other way." Like, so we all a switch around, massage, and, the, yeah. and Butterfinger guy gives him a shoulder massage, and then I think it's an, honestly a mistake. No, Butterfinger guy does not give him a massage. What did I say? Yeah, Butterfinger guy says, "No, I'm good." No, he I'm only good. wants to massage the woman. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. And I think that the commercial makes sort of a tactical error in that, like. I think it's kind I mean, yes, he, he comes out and he's immediately flirty with the wife, but I think it would be a better ad if if he was equally flirty with. Yes. If he was just sort of pansexual and yeah, was equally yeah, yeah. flirty with the husband and That's the true. wife because yeah. he's peanut butter and chocolate. It feels bad to make peanut butter the husband be like always be the the like the butt of the joke here. I think I might disagree here because I don't I, so obviously this is a, an attack on or this is like a shot across the bow of at Reese's. Reese's Reese's piece or I'm sorry Reese's peanut butter cups right right and I think the thing is this looks like a Reese's peanut butter cup but instead of instead of having peanut butter inside which the husband represents it has whatever the butterfinger but they claim that that's pe is. a peanut butter 
They butterfinger filling is a peanut butter. I thought it was like a it was a it was a peanut based. It's a different thing. They call and them so th- peanut butter cups. Oh, that is that is true. I guess that's true. I because I thought like I it's mean, like I know butter he represents finger, whatever a different that filling, stuff is. and he's saying I will get along better with chocolate than than you will, old peanut butter guy. Yeah, I guess it's a different kind of peanut butter. But Butterfinger has has consistently claimed that whatever that stuff is inside of it, it is a it is categorized as peanut butter. Really? I didn't it. know that. I mean, it does say, I mean, they're labeled as peanut butter cups. So, yeah, may, maybe, so just, maybe you're right. I just think yeah. it would be, I feel it feels a little like, not homophobic, that's too strong a word, but a little bit like, just sort of a like a- too cis. It's a little cis. It's a little, yeah. and it's a little like, um, just like boring and predictable where it'd be, it'd be more fun if peanut, if Butterfinger is like, yeah, I take all comers, you know? Right. So to speak. <laughs> Won't somebody please think of the children? I wasn't even going to make that joke, except I'm looking for my next audio here, and I <laughs> saw that drop, and so I thought maybe I'll just work them together. Um, here, I uh, uh, wanted to get into this. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I think we'll just do one quick commercial here. It's actually not even a quick commercial, and then we'll get out of here because we're getting dang near quite long ninety minutes. Okay. Um, could have had we could have poured several Guinnesses in this time. <laughs> um, Josh posted this to the Facebook page, and I really appreciate it because I think it's a commercial that is buzzing like right now, and it's nice to be actually on top of this for a change instead of two or three weeks late, like I usually am. But this is, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to give away the point of this, um, but it is a real commercial, lest you think that this is just a parody on SNL or something, but it does star the actual Aubrey Plaza. and The actual factual Aubrey Plaza. Exactly, because when I saw the thumbnail, I was like, oh, that, that person looks like Aubrey Plaza, and it is. She identifies herself not only as an actor, but as a principal in this new product that she is advertising. She is out in the woods somewhere. Ah, She's, the Ryan Reynolds approach to yes. mogulhood. She is frolicking amongst trees. She's dressed, you know, like kind of like she's out on a hike somewhere. Uh, take a listen to this. Hi, I'm Aubrey Plaza. You know me as an actress, but I'm also the co-founder of Wood Milk, the world's first and only milk made from wood. Wood milk started with a simple idea. I saw a tree and I asked myself, can I drink this? As it turns out, the answer is yes. If you make it into milk. This is a very beautifully shot commercial, yeah. very idyllic looking. Um, she's like kind of running her hand down the rough bark of a tree. Here at Wood Milk Orchards, we grow our trees the old fashioned way, right out of the ground. And we're certain our eco-friendly, artisanal, free-range wood milk will be the only milk you'll want to drink for the rest of your life. Why? Because you're thirsty. And because you want it. Because you want that wood as your milk. Our wood milk is bottled right here in the forest. We see a bunch of, like, some sort of, <laughs> some sort of um, I, I guess, uh, what's what I'm looking for? containers that are filled with logs it says wood to milk and milked wood which locks in the flavors like oak cherry maple 
and of course mahogany. And if you can't pick your favorite, that's okay. She's dropping like because sawdust they all into her taste mouth. Like wood. Now let's take a look at how wood milk is born. Not born, exactly. More like squished into a slime that's legal to sell. <laughs> if a tree falls in the forest, can you make milk out of it? Now it's time to enjoy. She just mouths the word yes. yes. Joy the fruits of our efforts. Not fruits, wood. She's now drinking from something that looks almost like a uh, an Oreo milkshake, yeah. sort of a big glass full of this wood milk. Got wood. Is wood milk real? <laughs> Absolutely not. Only real milk is real. Then what did I invest in? <laughs> and then it says, is your milk real? And then it says, got milk. So this whole thing, which was clearly a joke from the beginning, yeah. isn't a fake commercial. I it's a real commercial yeah. for real milk. I knew that the turn was coming, but I wasn't 100% sure where it was going to land. Right. Uh, boy, they're really, I guess, uh, like... Plant milk is really eating their lunch. Well, that's what I think is interesting. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago, Genevieve, on a night just like tonight. <laughs> I think it was just a few months ago that the news broke that the you know the dairy interests, whatever that yeah. group or those groups are, failed at their bid to force anything like almond milk right, or the like soy milk. milk to not be called milk anymore. Yeah. They actually, I think, sued and went through oh, yeah. the FDA and everything. They're like, listen, they're 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 con they're creating confusion in the marketplace by calling things that are not milk. Shut milk. up, dairy. No one's confused. And it, I love real. I love cow milk. But it is interesting because the FDA did like back in the 1930s or 50s or something defined what milk is and it's a lactate from you know a, an, an animal, animal you know right. and so they did have to change the definition of it but i think rightfully so the fda or maybe the courts decided it isn't really confusion in the marketplace like people know that almond milk does not come from an animal right and it's not lactate and so if it's not because there was another one didn't the mayonnaise what about milk of the poppy there you go. <laughs> didn't um didn't That's a plant milk. Mayonnaise tried to sue there was another product that tried to sue because or tried to get like the FDA to step in because there are other like kind of similar products that aren't technically mayonnaise like or vegan something. mayonnaise. I think it was vegan mayonnaise. Yeah. And they're like the definition of mayonnaise is it's made with eggs. If it's right. not made with eggs, know. then it's not you know, it's not what we're selling. And I think that failed as well. You know kind of the way France will hang on to like you know champagne is only champagne if sure. it comes from the champagne region everything else is sparkling wine and that's so true of bourbon makes too sense. right like bourbon has to be from Kentucky certain well no I mean there's Canadian oh no that's Canadian whiskey Canadian I guess whiskey. you're right I don't really know yeah I'm not, I'm not sure about that it sort of rings a bell so anyway it's kind of interesting that they probably put a lot of resources into these legal maneuvers mm -hmm. and essentially failed. Yeah. And so they're like, okay, what are we going to do now? Let's go hard with Let, marketing. Let's make I mean, it sound really gross to drink plant milk. And I'm Aubrey, disappointed. I, you said there might be backlash against this. I get it now. Aubrey Plaza is expensive. Yes. Coming off of the white lotus. Sounds expensive. But then they're trying to, and, and they're clearly, even though she's not, you know, she's not a, spring chicken i mean I don't, how, I don't know how old she is she's I mean, well into her 30s she's not she doesn't necessarily to represent me, that's a spring chicken yeah i mean to me too but she doesn't represent youth culture in a way that like some young tiktoker would but like okay, right. she is I've somebody of, that like, that I, yeah yeah 
but clearly they are trying to get the message out to younger generations like ew these other milks are gross and the quote unquote backlash that I was reading in uh, Bon Appetit I think it had this article um, was just like all these people who were just like slamming her on the Instagram post and saying Aubrey you can do better than this and then they turned off comments I don't know that randos getting angry on social media it, it, it you know oh, constitutes she's not, not going to be canceled yeah. over it but I do actually understand backlash in the sense of you know I when I realized what this was for and again I say this as an adult milk drinker. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you drink, you like milk more than anybody I know of I, any age. I have a glass of milk, probably at least a cup of milk a day, just like to drink. And I really like cow milk, and I like, you know, I or su- moo juice. I, as I, 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 I sell it. Yeah, now we have to call it moo juice because they lost that lawsuit. <laughs> uh, not only did they lose the, not only did almond milk get to call it milk, but milk can't even call itself yeah, milk no, anymore. Moo juice. That's all it is. Um. Having said all that, like, that's some bullshit. Like, there's plenty of reasons to advocate for plant milk as a, a healthier alternative. I know that um, there's some question about almond milk almonds in particular terrible. being bad for the environment. The farming of almonds is bad But for I the guess, you know what I would say is even worse is, like, growing a cow. Growing a cow surely is worse than growing an almond tree. Well, that I don't it know It must about. take at I... least as much water to grow a cow. Yeah, but that cow can continue to give milk across it's it's adult years and a dormitory tree can't well that's true but i mean i think of an almond itself as yeah that's a good point they i don't grow almonds yeah, on it all the time that's true i don't know which is better. it doesn't seem obvious to well, me like, i don't know it seems obvious to me that um certainly when it comes to oats versus milk uh, or soy versus milk mm-hmm. yeah um, sure there is no question that it is more um economic or environmentally sustainable to grow it to grow it as a plant and it's just like, you know, that's not farting out methane all over the world and there's no cruelty. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not cruel to, I guess, it's not technically doesn't have to be cruel to um, drink, you know, to milk an animal. But like, let's be honest, we know that it can most- be fun if you do it right. Most of these, <laughs> settle down, Butterfinger. Um, but like, we all know that factory farming being what it is, is probably not ideal for the animal. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, hey, I mean, I would totally, re- I would totally go without milk if that was- on the table, I would always drink some sort of like nut milk, al- almond milk, or what have you. I like it better, and I do think there's something kind of gross and weird if I think too much about like. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I mean, I again, like, it's not something I personally experienced, but I totally get it. So I understand why to like this because this came like instead of selling what's good about mm-hmm. cow milk, which I think you can you could make yeah. that case, like what's so delicious about it, like ice cream and you know like with an with a with an or stack of oreo cookies mm-hmm. like what's better than a cold glass of milk like the got milk campaign of the 1990s or 80s whenever that was i thought was phenomenally successful at painting a, a visceral picture um and making you viscerally crave that taste of that cold glass of milk for them to do this which is just a a shot across the bow at plant milk generally I think it's shitty, and I think it's kind of shitty that she was involved with it. Like she should know better that this will hurt her brand. She's not going to be canceled, but like, uh, yeah, I don't but know it is not good for her brand. Maybe I don't know if it'll hurt her brand in the long run. I don't know, like, well, that this will not, have any kind of it'll stick to her at all. No, I don't think it's going to in any way. Like, I don't think it's going to damage her career. But do I think it's a net negative for her brand, however small? Yes. You can sell anything. You can
All right, we got to get out of here, but you can join the conversation. In fact, we got that commercial from Josh on the Facebook page. Go to well, Facebook and type in <laughs> after yep. these messages show or after these messages podcast, I believe, and you will find the Facebook group and you can join the conversation there. We have our YouTube page where I upload old uh, commercials that I find on VHS tapes. Again, look for after these messages podcast there. Otherwise, you'll get lost in the weeds. You can call our voicemail line at 607 444 5597. Again, that's 607 444 5597. Nine seven. If you do sing the song about bartending, please keep it clean with the sex on the beach stuff. Also, you <laughs> or <can> e- don't. <laughs> also, you can email us after these messages show at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Tip your bartenders. You can sell.